It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. There is a timeout on the field with the score. Listen to this. We are not drunk. <laughs> this is accurate. The Eagles 34, the Cowboys 3. Another edition of BGN Radio. As I am realizing, as I am introing this podcast, it is James Seltzer that I have no idea what number episode it 306, is. Three hundred six, baby. That's what I was about to say. That's why it's great to have John Bartard here, who is actually not doing the "What's Going On" Blader Green Nation, which has become a a controversy <laughs> well, I'm ban- in and of I'm itself. Banning, I'm banning myself. I'm banning myself because. John Marks is an immature little boy and can't handle anything. So I'm just not going to say it for the rest of the week. And then uh, and then we'll recoup next week. And that's what we're going to do, James. So that's and I love that you lead shows and I just get to sit here on my countertop and listen to a little Johnny Paycheck. And, you know, drown my sorrows in some bourbon. So I thank you for that. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, I think that there is no one listening to this who would rather have heard my uh, warbling yo intro <laughs> more than yours. But we'll go with it. And uh, uh, we will go with the reason being the controversy and not the fact that I was the one in the studio and you were not. But it's all good. Uh, also <laughs> with us, uh, as always, it's exciting. We got the trio back together, the editor in chief. Of bleedinggreennation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. BLG, what's up, brother? I mean, you can really tell we prepare for these podcasts when we don't know <laughs> the episode number, but it is great to be back with you guys. I don't think we've done a recording, all three of us together, in the same call since episode 300, the big Super one Bowl. after the Super Bowl. So it's been a while, and there's a lot to talk about. There's a ton to talk about. Yeah, a crazy time right now is uh, it's funny because uh, we are recording this at 10 o'clock the night of free agency, I guess, so that the 
Wednesday that free agency began, but it's really crazy how, how everything's already pretty much done for the most part by the time free agency starts, other than, you know, Patrick Robinson leaving and some other stuff. But uh, one big piece of news did come down today as we uh, will get to some of the other stuff that came out yesterday, some of the signings and moves and prior to that. But the big news of the day, we didn't we weren't sure if how he was going to be able to make it happen and how he was going to be able to make it happen. And, of course, he made it happen. Nigel Bradham's going to be back with the Philadelphia Eagles. Five years, $40 million. BLG, I'll go back to you first. What is your take on the Bradham signing, the amount of money versus the market and all that, and what it means for this team and the roster kind of moving forward now? Yeah, it's really interesting because leading up to this point, I mean, everything I had heard behind the scenes was from people that were pretty sure he was not going to be back. And we had even seen that the Eagles were kind of earlier this week thinking about re-signing Patrick Robinson. So that would make you think, you know, he really wouldn't be back if that signing had happened, which it didn't, Ian Rappaport. Um, I think it's it's, it's interesting because it's unexpected. I think it is great. It is ideal. This is a guy who played the most snaps of any Eagles linebacker over the past two years. He's been Mr. Reliable. He's a good player. He fits this scheme. Jim Schwartz brought him here for a reason. So I think it's awesome that they brought him back. He got, what, five years, uh, $40 million. I don't think we've seen the guarantee yet, and I think that says something. I think the fact that we have not seen that guaranteed money leak, it, it, typically if it's a lot of guaranteed money, the agent kind of wants to push it out there. It's like, hey, look what, how great of a deal I got for my client. The fact that we haven't seen that kind of makes me wonder a little bit, hmm, I mean, obviously it's going to be a decent amount if he's getting 540 but I just I don't think it might be. It might not be as high as we would have thought it would be. So I think, you know, you have Bradham back here. That's great. He was really the biggest priority for this team in terms of if you didn't bring him back, you suddenly had a huge need at linebacker. So Nigel is back. That's great to see. I'm glad they're keeping him. Well, and, you know, when you're comparing that BLG to uh, Anthony Hitchens. From? Oh, my gosh. Uh, who's getting a five-year, $45 million deal. God damn, I love Ooh. you, James. Uh, $21 million <laughs> guaranteed. Uh, yeah, I mean, Why? you look at that. And I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what the Chiefs are doing. Between that, you package that up with Sammy Watkins, and you're just going, holy Christ, what are the Kansas City Chiefs really trying to prove here? Uh, so Andy, the sheriff, is back in town. Um, I didn't expect this at all. I don't know about you guys. I didn't expect Nigel Bradham to be back at all because uh, now that it's been done and we can say this, he literally sat there and told us, yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, and and I took, you know, you're just, and this is the kind of the craziness of the NFL. He, you know, just is just leading up to the Super Bowl. It's just like, yeah, it's just, it's just not going to work, man. I we're, we're trying to figure things out. And maybe he was just doing that to throw the scent off the dogs or, uh, or, or whatever, but we, uh, I, I woke up today rather late, and I saw that news, and I think that's a that's a home run because you're wondering of like, are they doing all these different defensive line moves because they're going to run a a five two now? Like, is that what the uh, what's going to end up being? And just you know, going with the uh, you know uh, four other DBs on the field or, or or whatever it is. But I am so glad that Nigel Bradham is back there because uh, you know he was a huge part of. And it's probably going to need to be once again when Jordan Hicks eventually goes down. And um, I, I am I'm really excited to see those two guys together. Hopefully, play that more than than six games this year. Uh, and then there's there's a, one other shoe to drop. It looks like here, James. I mean, what's going on with uh, with Michael Kendricks here? 
Yeah, well, I think that's the fascinating thing. I know Jimmy Kemsky tweeted out speculating that, you know, you assume that potentially they have a Kendricks trade in place or something very close. I know a lot of people have been speculating about that. And and just real quick to touch on, on Brad, and what you guys said, I, I totally agree. I think it was a, a really crucial part of this run and a crucial part of this defense called the plays, you know, the signal caller after, after Hicks went down, we don't talk about that a lot, but really a, a big part of this defense, but Kendricks, I, I really, I don't know how they find a way to make it work with Michael Kendricks on the team next season. But, you know, we've said that, what, for the past three years? We're like, oh, no way, Michael Kendrick is going to be back. And then all of a sudden he's back. And and actually this past season plays well, so maybe they can get some value for him. But um, I, I think it's a really interesting spot, John. I think the 5-2 concept is really fascinating. And I've heard a few other people bring that up. Look, they did a lot of that last season. You know, obviously more out of necessity than out of, of want, but... I think that that is something the league, you know, obviously a passing league and all that. I think it could be a, a potential way to to go. But l- let's kind of look at, at how the team is shaping up around that Bradham signing. And you mentioned the defensive line we have seen. Uh, it, one of those things where the Michael Bennett trade happens. We've talked about that. But then all of a sudden yesterday, Haloti Nada. We're like, what? what's happening? Haloti Nada's <laughs> coming here too. Uh, John, let me stay with you. What are your thoughts on on the, the, the building of the defensive line here and some of these other moves we've seen the last day or two? Well, here's the thing. Fuck yes. That's what I think. <laughs> are you kidding me, man? This is awesome. This is so much fun. When you total up all these guys, I think Fox NFL tweeted something. I was like, here's the amount of sacks that all of these gentlemen have accumulated <laughs> over their careers. And it was 230 sacks. And you're going like, oh, my God. They have, the Eagles have the luxury of having a guy that was a run stuffer that turned himself into a, a balanced pass rusher and now is like, was always one of the best all-around defensive tackles in the league. And, yeah, I know he's 34 years old and certainly was on IR last year. But, like, that is amazing to have in your depth right now. If you're rotating him and Timmy Jernigan, and I, I, and congrats to Bo Allen, by the way, who, Jesus, I mean, you got you got paid by Tampa Bay, and my friend, that is a uh, no-sales tax down in that state, so congratulations to you, and I'm really happy for him. But this is an upgrade over Bo Allen. And it just kind of registers to me that once again, when you when you are hearing these guys up at the parade stand and they're saying like, oh, we're going to go and win another one and we've just begun. And, you know, that's part of the raw, raw stuff. That's a part of that. And you're really enjoying the moment. But to me, that signals, no, we're serious about that. And we're we are wasting no time by uh, doubling down on our strength. And I think that's been a. A, a difference maker for a lot of teams trying to get back to the Super Bowl. You don't really see a lot of the time what's our best asset and let's double down on it. Most of the time you're going, okay, well, we have a weakness here and we should kind of do that. And, you know, da 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 da. And certainly it would have been uh, a lot different if, if Nigel Bradham uh, wasn't here. But now that he is and you have these guys behind him, you're going like, man, Jordan Hicks can go down anytime <laughs> he wants because you can stick whoever you want in there because these guys are going to tear the heads off of everyone in the NFC and in the NFC East. And if you're looking at what the Giants have already done, I mean, they have got to be shitting their pants. They, <laughs> they, they are going to have to draft a guard. They're going to have to do something. And I know that they who, – who did they sign today? Didn't they sign somebody? They signed today? Nate Solder. Oh, that's right. The oh highest God. paid the tackle in the, in the NFL now. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, so uh, maybe maybe the panic already happened with that, but then they follow that up with like Jonathan Stewart, and you're looking at what Washington's doing, and 
they're just piecing crap together, and Dallas hasn't done a thing yet. And you're just going, oh, my God, this defensive line could kill everybody, and I hope that's what happens here, BLG. I mean, like, I think that this defensive line will, in fact, kill a man by the end of the season. I mean, if they don't, the season's a failure. I mean, it let's, really let's, is. Let's, let's be Wait, Can we hearken back to John? I want blood! <laughs> <laughs> they should get it, though. I mean, because, look, Nada is, is, to me, is not a bad signing. I mean, the uh, booing has already started. Uh, I know. I had to do it. But no. it's a good signing. Trust me. It's a pretty good signing. Um, he was one of the guys I had mentioned as, you know, look, as going into free agency that had connections to the Eagles in the sense of, you know, he obviously spent time in Baltimore when Joe Douglas was there. So they have this familiarity with him. Um, he's coming in here. He's coming off injury. He's 34. Yes, but not really concerned about that. He's his play has been good in Detroit. As you know, I have one of my friends lives uh, there and is a Lions fan. And he said, you know, he's been pretty solid for them. You look at the numbers, their run defense last year when he went out after the first six games or so, you kind of just fell off a cliff. So I think he's a pretty good piece to bring in here and really important too. I mean, Bo Allen, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but he played 41% of the snaps last year. Compare that to Timmy Jernigan who played 47%. Like that's only 70, 70 less or 70 fewer defensive snaps total than Tim Jernigan. So this this backup defensive tackle, uh, you know, with Jim Schwartz rotating his uh, defensive lineman so much, I mean, that guy plays. So they're they're going to bring Nada in here. And it's not official yet. The Eagles haven't officially confirmed it. But apparently, as we were talking before the podcast, it's kind of just a matter of getting a physical, kind of getting that formalized. So, so it's be, not going to be official yet? Be okay, uh, is that what you're saying? Not oh, be official yet. I want to get back to the you linebacker You guys are killing thing. my soul right now. Um, and I want to give a grade, by the way, I totally forgot to do the grade thing. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to give him like a, a B, just a solid B for the not signing or B or B plus. I think it's in that range. Getting back to Bradham, uh, I, that's an A minus for me. And I, and I think the, the interesting thing about what you had kind of touched on there with Kendricks is that I think this is more than ever. I know we've said like the Kendricks is going to get trading thing for a long time now. I think more than ever, it makes sense now because, you signed Corey Nelson. You brought him in. Apparently, they think he is a weak side linebacker. Uh, Michael Kendricks, back when you look back at when you're talking about that 5 2 thing, you look back at even 2016 when Hicks, Bradham, and Kendricks was healthy. Kendricks was only playing 25% of the snaps. This is a guy who was making $7.6 million this year. It's the ninth highest cap figure on the team. You're not keeping a guy on the roster, especially when you still need some cap space to either have for the future or make some more signings. For a guy who's going to be playing so little, and you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but apparently Corey Nelson turned down the same offer that he got in Philly in Denver because he wanted to come here and he felt like he had more of an Cause, opportunity because the Broncos time. suck because the yeah. Broncos well, are bad well, they, and yeah, we're they the he had champions too. I think that's a factor in there and and potential and if look if the Eagles are promising him playing time that pretty much tells you that Kendricks is gone and and Lock and Four even said it tonight he said they're shopping Curry and they're shopping Kendricks well that's where I wanted to go and and real quick just to to mention something you said before John when you were talking that that about going for it right now and i think that that's been a, a clear theme that that howie is making the very smart decision to look at the situations they are in a couple years i'm gonna have to pay carson wentz a lot of money and he will be worth that money but right now we have a rare opportunity where we can have a franchise 
all-time potentially type of quarterback in there with a roster around him when he's making $4 million or $7 million or whatever it ends up being. So uh, I, I think that's a, a terrific point, and I think it's a really smart decision by Howie to obviously want to repeat, but also to really try and take advantage of that window. But BLG, you mentioned Vinny Curry. Uh, look, we, we're excited. They're getting Michael Bennett. They're getting Vinny Curry, and, and I think we can all agree the Daryl Worley trade is an A because they somehow got someone to take Torrey Smith and give them something for it, if you want to grade that one. But but with all these moves, especially along the D-line there, you look at a guy like Curry, uh, potentially a guy Chris Long. I mean, there are some names along there where uh, we don't really know what's going to happen. Well, who do you see potentially as, as odd men out, and how do you see that shaking out with a few of those guys who – Kendrick's like we're not really sure what's going to happen is that kind of crazy to me that like I don't think any of them are going to be gone like I I think they're Chris Long and Vinnie Curry will still be here at the end of the day and I think Michael Kendrick's is still the odd man out there BLG maybe I'm reading the tea leaves here wrong and I know that they're trying to shop them and do whatever but uh and everything that I felt and and kind of heard around the combine was Vinnie would rather stay than be traded and be willing to restructure a contract. I don't think I'm going to say none of them leave. I'm going to say that defensive line completely stays stays in there. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, it's man. interesting. Sounds you amazing. guys saw the interview with uh, SB Nation, right? With Chris Long. Did uh, you guys see that? I, he, I don't think I did, but refresh us. If, if he didn't, he kind of like seemed to be like kind of really weighing retirement. Like he wasn't like, oh, I'm definitely coming back. He's like, yeah, I don't know yet. I kind of got to figure it out. It'd be hard to leave, but he's like, I don't know. So I kind of wonder. You know, I think if we see Curry kind of stay, that kind of makes me wonder if Chris Long is coming back. He apparently, like Peter King said, he's going to come back. And apparently, you know, in the locker room after the Super Bowl, which doesn't necessarily mean a lot. He could have just been, you know, so overjoyed that he just said, you know, whatever. But that's that's not something like I've heard for sure either way. I'm kind of just kind of keeping an eye on that one especially with the Eagles going out and getting Michael Bennett and all of this. So I, I kind of keep an eye. I, hopefully, obviously, we hope Chris Long is back because if you lose him, that sucks. I mean, he was a great player for the Eagles last year. But So we'll keep an eye on that one. The Vinnie Curry thing is really interesting because I don't think he wants to leave. But, I mean, I don't think a restructure is good enough. Like He has to take a pay cut to some extent. Like He is making 11 or his cap figure is $11 million this year. He's one of the highest paid players on the team. He... I don't think he had a. I think he had a fine year last year. It wasn't a bad year, but it's just not. You're, he's getting paid to be like an elite player, and you're not getting that kind of elite production. And I, I think it's just a tough spot. And you're looking at that, and you're looking at wow, you know, this guy is an eleven million dollar cap number. And meanwhile, Brandon Graham is literally making the biggest play in Eagles history over here, <laughs> and he's only making like seven million. I mean, like that's kind of just kind of a weird dynamic. And I, I think Curry, the situation there. Is really interesting just because, like you said, John, he might not want to be traded. But and I don't even know if there's a great market for him. I mean, because everyone knows at this point, the Eagles probably want to do. It's not like you're going to get great value for Curry because they want to kind of unload him if they can. Yeah, I think that's uh, going to be a, a player for player type of thing if they end up doing it's that. It's not going to be much. It's not yeah. going to be much. Look at like what the Rams got for Robert Quinn. Look at you know look at some of these pass rushers who have been dealt. It's not great. So. I think I still I just I don't think Curry is back unless it's some kind of pay cut. And honestly, we don't see that a lot in the NFL. All right. We've talked a lot about moves that have happened. And, and I'm going to go to John here first, just so we don't get, you know, we give BLG a chance to compose himself and, and let the hate <laughs> and anger seep out before he uh. actually speaks. 
But something that uh, maybe the biggest news of free agency potentially along with the Bradham signing was something that has not and, and potentially will not happen. John, Nick Foles not being traded? Yeah, I uh, – okay. I'm not surprised that he didn't get traded because it's, it's – one, it's, it's people asking for the price and the Eagles had a very high price on Nick Foles, which actually tells me a lot about – what they think about Carson Wentz, to be honest with you. I mean, if they're that scared that he's not going to be there for those first couple of weeks, and we'll certainly get into that in a maybe on this one or, or another pod, but I can't stop thinking about that now. Um, I mean, there was teams that called. The Cardinals called. Uh, and they would, I, and to me, and as much as much criticism as you probably heard of, of Nick Foles coming out of my mouth, I, I would rather start over my, my franchise while I'm looking for the next QB or maybe Nick Foles is one, and I get really lucky here. Um, I, I I cannot, for the life of me, think of. All right, let's go. Let's go with Nick Foles, and, and and we'll figure it out in the draft. As opposed to let's sign Sam Bradford for twenty million dollars. Let's sign Mike Glennon for eight million dollars, and it'll just kind of work itself out. It's just like, all right, uh, sure, you have you have one year of Sam, and then hopefully the kid that you pick is going to be ready. I mean, you completely telegraph exactly what you need uh, in the draft there, and you know, not that the Cardinals should do anything different. Uh, AJ McCarron has a market and is signed by the Bills, and you're just going, "What the hell is going on here?" Like, I I know you're doing the same thing, but Jesus, have a better insurance policy than that. And I can't tell you, I just simply tweeted out, I, I, I you know, how in the hell does AJ McCarron have a market? And every single person from Alabama that went there, rooted for him, just immediately, you've never seen the kid play. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, this you have, and he hasn't played in like three years. So uh, it's baffling to me, I guess, from that part of it, that, that, that you know teams are comfortable going with price over picks, and certainly the Eagles asking price seemed like a lot. Uh, and uh, you know, even today, I think uh, somebody from the NFL Network, uh, Arizona called, and, and, and Garofolo, the Eagles I think, were, had it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Garofolo said that the Eagles called in, uh, and they said no. Like the price isn't; it's not high enough. So I think that's very interesting. I was kind of more on the side of James, though. However, at the end of the day, like I could see how you could. It's easy, and you should trade him. You should trade him, no, no matter what uh, kind of caution that you have with Carson Wentz. If the value is there, take it. I mean, that's your highest asset. You're going to lose out on him going into next season, but I was also okay if they didn't find that trade and he ended up being here. It's not the biggest deal in the world uh, other than BLG Sanity when he does <laughs> eat lunch. Uh, it just gets worse around here, but like, you know, it, I, it was very peculiar and people are asking, like, see, there wasn't really a market for Nick Foles. Bullshit. If he was on the market and didn't cost you know, a first and yeah, a fourth, which absolutely. is a crazy acting price, he, w- he would have been the second guy off the board, uh, you know, as opposed to... Uh, Old uh, coupons there, who's by the way, coupons not valid in Minnesota, Jesus, mm. uh, because he's getting paid. But he would have been the first guy. I, I really just think it's the price and what the Eagles kind of feel that Car- where Carson Wentz is going to be, and they don't want to risk that in the beginning of the season or towards the end there. BLG. All right, here, let me at him. Let me at him because <laughs> this is so I, I, effing I, dumb. I I just can't get over how. Stupid and how just pathetic and embarrassing the Arizona Cardinals are. Just like imagine being a Cardinals fan right now and thinking like this is the best my team could fucking do. Sam Bradford. Oh, and- I 
love Mike it. Lennon. Like that's pathetic. Get him. That is so stupid. Like what? That's not even a plan. How is that your plan? Sam Bradford's going to get hurt before he can even play a single game. Hold He's on, a degenerative hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that if you were a Cardinals fan and they go, "Hey guys, we just traded a first and a sixth for Nick Foles." Yeah, Holmes. that's something you'd be you happy. could sell him on. Like, "Hey, this is the guy <laughs> you who won okay. the Super Bowl MVP." Like that's at least a sell. Is it a great sell? No. Do would I buy it? No. But what is the sell of Sam Bradford? Like, what are you like? How are you buying that as a fan? Like, oh, this guy was oh, like what the Eagles did, and when we were like tried to trick ourselves into him. I mean, no. Like, enough fan bases have tried to trick themselves into this guy who clearly has a degenerative knee, which like Mike Zimmer even said at like the end of the season, <laughs> and we saw it happen last year. Like, he is like he can't even play anymore. He can't. Like, how long is he really gonna last? And you gave him. 20 million and 15 million is guaranteed. And apparently there's an option on the contract. And then it's like, all right, maybe if you want to do that as one thing, but like maybe hedge your bet with something. And then they hedge their bet with Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon, the guy Glennon went to Chicago last year. He was awful predictably, uh, except for that random guy in Oregon who thinks he's better than Carson Wentz, which is like the weirdest thing. (laughs) The weirdest Twitter <laughs> beef I've ever had with anyone, <laughs> but but that's neither here nor there. Um, I just I think it's ridiculous. I can't get over how like it's just so dumb that they would do that. And you can be like, yeah, but they didn't want to give up draft picks. Like, who, who, who are they going to draft at fifteen anyway? They're not. That's the thing. They're not even. I don't know. Get... Lamar Jackson. Who's yeah, much he better might than not even be there. Ball. He might not even be there. Yeah, well, you could trade your first and something else and move up to get one of the five guys who you like. Hello, James. Good Lord. Yeah, and regardless, I, I I think we're we're burying the lead here. BLG just said that if he were a Cardinals fan, so placing himself in another, in whatever, this being BLG, that he would rather his team trade a first and a fourth for who? For Nick Foles, then pay <laughs> Sam Bradford for a year. BLG, I don't even know what to think anymore. Do you love Nick Foles now? Is this this whole Arizona thing flipped it around for you? Is he your guy? See, that's not what I said. I said <laughs> if I was, it was a hypothetical. I said if I was a Cardinals fan, which oh, I'm not, I love obviously. it. I, love I would it. at least want them to try to like give me something that I could like sell myself on instead of literally not being to sell myself. Like, what can you sell yourself if you're a Cardinals fan? Like easily, that, BLG. This is so no, easy. you cannot. I can go. I can look at this. On what? What is so go, easily about that? Because one year I can commitment. Go, it's, it's just one year. It's We're gonna suck. Hey, you, know you know what? You know what I year. say? The we are tanking. We are tanking this year, money. guys. Hey. Guess what? We brought in Sam Bradford. We're throwing the season away. We're going to have a top five pick next year, and we'll get quarterback you, you X. You just spent $20 million to throw a season away. You could have signed A.J. McCarron or whatever. What does it matter? It's, You've got to spend money anyway. matters. They're limited on cap space, and you're paying. And here's the, here's the rub here. They released Tyron Matthew, one of their best players, to make <laughs> room yeah, for Bradford okay. yeah. and Glennon. All right. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to bring that up because that's the only reason I'm like, wait a minute. If it costs you, Sam Bradford. You do that to throw a season away. Like, that's just dumb. They're dumb. Anyway, this is. They are dumb. I'm not not trying. I'm not trying to defend the decision to to roll with Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon. Uh, I will, again, shout out Sam Bradford's agent as a fucking genius but regardless so much better at his job than sam bradford he, uh, is he's better in his job than anybody <laughs> on the planet is at their job but regardless uh yeah look i think as far as it goes personally i you know I, of the three of us i was probably the the most hashtag keep foals of the group 
But I, I think what to, to what John said, and, and this is what I've always thought, is that I just don't believe that Wentz is going to be ready to start the season. And also, I don't believe that I necessarily want him to be ready to start the season. I want them to take their time with this thing. I don't want them to rush him one little bit. I want him to be a, a, a hundred million percent healthy before he steps back on the field in a real game situation. So, uh, to look, is it optics? Is it bullshit? Is it whatever? I don't want to see Nate Sudfeld start Thursday night when they raise the banner at Lincoln Financial Field. I want to see the guy who won the Super Bowl, or I want to see my quarterback, Carson Wentz. I do understand BLG because I am a sports radio producer, and I have to deal with it every day. I get where you're coming from with the morons who ever bring up the concept <laughs> that Nick Foles could ever be the quarterback here over Carson Wentz, a healthy Literally Carson Wentz. every Saturday. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I get it, and I understand where that anger comes from. But I will argue, BLG, that that even though, you know, I think they believe in Sudfeld, he could be a good backup QB, all that type, type of stuff, we just saw the value of a backup quarterback and what it can mean and one who fits your team, fits your offense, all that type of stuff. And, you know, it, obviously it's the highest end example of that, but I, I'm with John in the sense that while there, there could have been value there, I'm not going to be upset at all if Nick Foles is on this team to start the season. BLG, are you going to be okay with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm, that's why I'm not upset about the Cardinals thing in full. It's just I think it's ridiculous on their end. I also, you know, I just think it's ideal. The ideal to me is the Eagles being able to get something for Nick Foles, just because, like, just the fact that you know I keep thinking about yeah, okay, there's a chance Carson Wentz isn't ready or he gets hurt again. But again, I keep coming back to there's also a very like decent, at least like reasonable, I would say, chance that Nick Foles doesn't play at all. And if that's the case, that's great. But then he just walks after the season and you get at best, and this is at best, this isn't a guarantee, it's at best a late third round pick in 2020 if you're getting a compensatory pick for him. Like that's just kind of lame to me. Like I know, uh, you know, the, the cost there is you have this good backup in – 2018 and that's fine i'm fine with that i'm not upset about it i just think you know it's, it's kind of lame and i just i think um you know if you do believe in nate sudfeld so much like why are we waiting like get the value but you know it's it's not the worst thing and about like the whole the wentz thing and, and rushing him back i look i don't understand why people just be like oh if you want to trade nick Foles, you have to rush back carson wentz no i never said that like why are you is, is that like putting why is that being put into my mouth? I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying you take. Your I think time I with tweeted him. that out on your account. Once. <laughs> well, you probably did. But uh, the thing with that is, like, just because he could, like, we don't know if if him playing week one is too soon. Is it probably? Maybe I would say possibly, sure. But like, I don't definitively know. None so, of us do. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's fine for now. They're keeping him. He's good backup. He's under control. I also think the value of what we saw last season is that Doug Peterson is also a very, very good head coach. Yeah. And we'll see how that goes with flip. Familiar with this QB and a whole bunch of other things. Look, James, yeah. I'll just put the I'll put a button on this. I, I this this all this really signals to me is Carson Wentz is n- has no chance of starting week one. That's it. Because because the value was so high and what they were placing on it and they I wouldn't budge. Would, I, I completely agree with it. That's I'm calling oh. I'm calling my shot in March here. Uh, I, I don't, the Carson Wentz is not going to start week one. I'd be surprised if he is. Yeah. John, one thing I, we didn't mention, I just want yeah, to, to, to finish it is that 
Sam Bradford could get hurt. <laughs> and they, the Cardinals could realize. Well, and right. I, yeah, I think that's a good point, PLG. And I'm with you, John. I think, look, if I had to, we, none of us know. And, and at this point, I don't even, they might know where he's at in his rehab, but I don't even think if Carson Wentz and the Eagles know if he really will be ready to go by week one. You can know where, how well he's progressing, but, uh, you know, they might not know either. So I, I think that my guess, John, I'm, I'm more towards your, your side. I think that they look at it and say, hey, it's unlikely. Uh, and maybe it could happen, but it, but it's not wise to push this. I, I'm with you on that. But BLG, I think a really good point that, you know, th- and I said this going in and it was part of the reason I was kind of more keep foals was I just didn't think there was going to be a great market for him. When you looked at all the other options out there, even if they are shitty options in certain cases, they were options that, that one GM is going to say, all right, we can work with that guy. Or one coach going to say we can work with that guy and not give up picks to do it. But uh, I, I do think if there well, is a, a, someone just, goes down, real quick, and I, apologize I just think for, if there's someone yeah, goes I, down, I, I, I think there is a chance for you to get real value for him. I, I th- it depends on what you think is real value, because to me, if you, if if a team is offering you a second round pick for your backup quarterback, uh, I mean, in, in any if you throw out health and anything else is is regarded in that in terms of context, like a second round pick for a backup quarterback is ridiculous value. At least to me, if people are looking for a first rounder or whatever, then I totally get that too. But I think there's that's pl- that's plenty of value to backup quarterback. Yeah, but sure, I understand that. But it's not your average backup quarterback. It's the backup quarterback who just was the Super Bowl MVP with a quarterback with an ACL. All that stuff's factored in. So I think you can't just say the value is re- it's it's relative. But regardless, we've talked enough. Uh, at Nick Foles, as it is, BLG is probably freaking out. Uh, Foles not going <laughs> anywhere. Uh, let's talk about a couple guys who are. Uh, and and uh, sadly, uh, a lot of guys, you know, all heroes as far as working soon. We'll get to the the biggest, at least Eagles name to go in just a sec. But a uh, couple of guys that signed deals today with other teams, and, and one of them yesterday, uh, Patrick Robinson to the Saints, Bo Allen to the Bucks. You mentioned that before. Trey Burton gets paid in Chicago. Uh, John, st- I want to start with you and just your your thoughts on the impact of these losses and BLG. Follow it up with a, a quick explanation about comp picks and what it can mean, because I know that is something that a lot of people have questions about. I was generally surprised, genuinely surprised, that Patrick Robinson didn't stay as an Eagle and took less money to go to the Saints. I'd love to hear that story of why he chose that uh, after this, uh, you know, th- this go. And I, you know, it's not like he owes the Eagles any favors here, too. I mean, they tried to try uh, traded for Ronald Darby in the middle of training camp because. He was having an awful one, and it didn't look like he was going to go anywhere. And then he certainly turned his career around on his own. He bet on himself, and now he's now he can kind of do whatever he wants. But uh, I mean, the Eagles reportedly threw more money at him to stay here, not, um, not and more guaranteed money though, which is like what, oh, the only gotcha. thing okay, that matters. That it was part. just more yes, total money, quote unquote, which is like bullshit. Okay, so now forget everything I said. Now I know exactly why you because <laughs> you because you get. Uh, more guaranteed money uh, to go down there. And, hey, that's still a contending team. Drew Brees probably has, you know, some, a, a little feelings of, of uh, being down there. And, um, you know, you just won a Super Bowl. The chances of, of another team winning a Super Bowl back-to-back is very slim, especially when, uh, you know, your star QB is once again uh, not going to start out the uh, the season. So why not go play with Drew Brees? Like, I totally understand that. I was just surprised, though. Like, you know, and that he had, like, a, a – very hot market for himself like he got and that tells you a lot about corners right now and and frankly pass rushers are in the same boat if uh you know if anybody if you know 
Vinny Curry was a free agent at this point, uh, he would have a huge market, which is which is crazy. But uh, yeah, I was I was surprised by P. Rob. I was you know like happy with Bo and Trey. Ends up uh, looking like it, it ends up being like a a two year deal that's really a four year or a four year deal that's really a two year deal. Plenty of money to go in there. I think he's going to have a, a heck of a career in Chicago. I think the Bears are going to love him and going to be a nice uh, one two punch with. With him and uh, Allen Robinson, unfortunately, they're going to have to find somebody to throw a ball to him. But <laughs> once they figure that out, uh, it'll Trey be, can it'll throw it. Yeah, that's right. Trey Trey can it. It and they got yeah. they got Taylor Gabriel too. They're just throwing uh, weapons. A good good off season to be a wide receiver as well, yeah. and also good uh, off season for that Alshon contract, which looks better by the day. BLG comp picks. Just give us the lowdown. Yeah, so, I mean, we don't know exactly yet. There's so many, like, different factors into this. There's the contracts, the guarantees. There's who the Eagles will still sign. Like, there's, like, don't, like, people are asking for the specifics already. I get it. Like, we all want to know. But, like, it's too a little bit too soon for that. Uh, in general, I think, you know, like, Burton's probably going to land you a four. Um, you know, Bo Allen, he could be, like, a little later. I think Patrick Robinson saw, like, a fifth or a sixth. So, we'll see. But, it's just good to know that, you know, you kind of it sucks to lose these guys, but at least you do have something coming next offseason that you have this kind of compensation, especially since I think an interesting part of that is because, as we know, the Eagles only have six picks this year and none in day two. So I'm not saying like the Eagles are going to go balls to the wall with this, but I'm going to say like, hey, if you have an opportunity to move up, maybe you try to trade one of your picks next year like let's say a third from next year to move up in the, into the second this year or somehow you know do something to try to move up this year and because you're knowing that okay we're going to get that comp pick next year we'll already have a pick in the third round that'll be fine so i think that's kind of just something interesting to think about and the fact that cuz you you, you want to stagger it too i mean you don't want to be like all right six picks this year and then we have like 11 next year i yeah. mean you kind of want to even it out so that's just like a little thing to keep in mind that you're losing some of these guys but you're you know you're getting those assets in the future i i think that's a great point and it's something that that you know a a lot of people don't really know about and b a lot of people don't think about so i i think it's a really interesting just little add-on to to some of the guys who go that they could like you said kind of restock some of that draft capital all right uh the biggest name to go at least from an eagles perspective an all-time eagle the longest tenured athlete in Philadelphia until his release, Brent Selleck. Uh, we say goodbye. Uh, uh, yes, let's all just give him a round of applause as we will all love Brent Woo-hoo! forever. A uh, true, true eagle. BLG, I'll start with you. I'll come back to you here. What is When, when I say Brent Selleck, how will you remember him? I think of Brent Selleck as the guy who even – in his final years here, I just I loved when he got the ball, and it wouldn't happen as much because he became, you know, mostly just a basically like an extra offensive lineman. He was blocking most of the time, but he would get the ball, and he he just did not give an f who was in front of him. He would just run that thing, and he would not go down on his own. He was no Zach Ertz here. I mean, this guy would just run Uh-oh. straight, and he and he wasn't fast. <laughs> Old school matter. Zach Ertz. It, it yeah, just, yes, yeah, exact <laughs> now. I had to do it. It's just, it's remarkable. Like the, the difference is remarkable of, of how you see Brent Selleck just run. And, and that was him. He was tough. Uh, he was, I just, I love watching that. Cause that to me is football. It's almost rugby at the point where you're like, you're just, you're getting into like a pile and you're shoveling, you're shoving him down the field. It, that to me was awesome. I think one of the coolest things about Brent Selleck 
is how genuine of a dude he is. I remember watching those videos about how, like the mic'd up videos even last year in 2016, where um, Jordan Matthews was like, man, Selick just loves the game. Like He's so serious. I love it. And I think back to, I heard a story a story back in like 2012, or, or yeah, after the 2012 season where the Eagles went 4-2 and two, and Brent Selick was at this charity event. And the guy, like, he was just, like, so genuinely sad that he felt like he let fans down. He's like, guys, like, look, man, I'm so sorry. Like, we did so bad this year. And everyone was like, no, Brent, it's okay. Like, you don't have to, like, you know, you don't have to get all, uh, you know, apo- like, apologetic on us. Like, you know, it's not all your fault. But I, that's the kind of person he was, man. And to see him get that reception at the Sixers game, I mean, it's awesome. I wish he kind of retired here, honestly. I mean, that's kind of the bummer that Me I guess too. he's still kind of – play but like look it's up like he if he wants to keep playing he deserves to keep playing i mean that guy has done everything for this organization the one last thing i'll say about him is i I remember clear as day me being on the philadelphia eagles website back in the day and they had a poll uh i think it was like which picks do you like best from that draft class that he was in uh, outside of like the top couple guys there and like and i remember Brent Selleck had like the least amount of votes. He was like, it was like 3.4%. Like no one voted for him and he ended up being like one of the best and obviously longest lasting players from that class. And the Eagles won a Super Bowl with him. He went out on top for his Eagles career. So Brent Selleck, thanks for everything. John. Uh, There's a couple of great moments when I, I mean, like, first of all, Brent Selleck, just like BLG was saying, is being completely genuine. Like I remember, when he opened, uh, and, and I'm sorry if you hear this, Brent, that awful lounge in Old City mm. where it was the eight, the 876 lounge because he opened yep. it with Todd. And, and like, they would talk to everybody, and no, no matter what, like, they were always genuine guys in Old City because I would always play pool at Buffalo Billiards, and it was right next door. And then, you know, I think Todd got disinterested or whatever it was, so he actually changed it around and turned it into prime stash and like kept working at it and and like i that's one of my favorite memories of him being there late night like working on that working on his game making sure everything's in as cuz as james and i uh would appreciate so much of like being in the restaurant business for so oh, long yeah. and you see athletes come along and just like ah, i can fucking do this yep. and then just ditch it but brent was like no i'm going to make this fucking work and he tried to make it work for the longest time and he, he really did turn the restaurant around unfortunately that spot, Old City, was just just not great. But uh, just uh, personally, that's that's what I remember. That there's two things about Brent that I absolutely loved uh, in his playing career as a Philadelphia Eagle, and one, and it was during the shittiest year. It was what kind of started happening uh, a year before the podcast. Like I think they were playing. Were they playing the Ravens? Yeah, it had to be the Ravens. And uh, Michael Vick just flicked uh, like an out route to him for like four or five yards and made one guy miss. Oh, yeah, and and that was the famous, like, he leapt over Ed Reed in his, like, final, I think, final year or two uh, with the Ravens, and it was awesome, and he, like, you know, went, went for, like, 21 yards, and then, of course, like, my most, the best memory I have of, of Brent Selleck is an obvious one. It's the 2008 championship game. He brought uh, a lot of momentum back. He scored two touchdowns, and I think he had, like, 11 catches and a 80-some yards, and you're like, oh, who's this Brent Selleck guy? And finally, you're just like, okay, cool, you can just move on from, uh, it was still Chad Lewis. I, I can't remember who who was waiting in the wings. Was at L. That J. Point. Smith still around? It mm-hmm. could, could have been. It was. He was no, definitely replacing have been somebody. LJ, but that I don't was, think. Yeah, that, yeah. That was the moment where I went, "Holy shit!" That's the Philadelphia Eagles' new tight end. 
and thank God that they got him a ring because that was the last time that he was ever close to it. And I'm like, uh, for for that to go out on top of he retires, and I know it's hard and to tell uh, somebody like, hey, but guess what? You can't do the thing you love anymore. Uh, but if he does retire, and I think he should, uh, that, what a way to go out on top. And and again, uh, if you want to open a, bre- a restaurant, man, I'll I'll run it with you because uh, I think that would be an amazing experience. What about you, James? Yeah, I'll come out of my uh, my table waiting uh, retirement yeah, uh, to help Brent Seligata. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. Just one of those guys who who you know it seems like a cliche thing to say like a, the truest of Eagles, but he really was. Like he was this team and and was here for so long and through multiple regimes and was the guy who always just did what had to be done. You know, we talked about it before, you know, could make plays in the passing game, but was totally fine transitioning into being a blocking tight end, doing the dirty work, doing whatever needed to be done for the team to succeed. And it just brought it every single time he was out there. You you can't not respect what that guy brought in. And John, I'm happy you mentioned prime stash because I felt the same way. I watched him try and just push that thing and make it work. And shout out to the prime stash food truck that used to come to Novacare and give us free food. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. But um, uh, it's funny. Cause I, I remember when I was working for the Eagles and uh, it was the Zach Ertz draft uh, when they drafted Zach Ertz. And I remember people around the building uh, it, where I was at being like, Oh, what does this mean for Brent Selig? You know, what is Brent Selig, Zach Ertz coming in, you know, and, and it meant, Nothing, because Brent Selleck found a way to adapt and to to be a different type of tight end and do things differently and do what needed to be done. And it was just such a uh, he's such a hard worker and such a, a great eagle. And uh, I'm with you guys. I just have uh, the utmost respect for him. And like you said, John, I, I, we all wish he just would had, had cut it off and said, "I'm done. Let's go out on top." But these guys have such a finite time to do what they do best on this planet to do what they were born to do. I will never tell any of them to stop. Even if I hate seeing it, uh, you know, kind of go downhill, but, or, or in yeah, a different if, uniform. If Bradford's but. making $20 million at 30 years old, fuck whatever I say, go make some more money. <laughs> hey, absolutely. It's, and, and have fun. You know, you love it. You can only do it for so long. I'm sure there's a, a big hole in your life. When you stop playing football, you played it your whole life. So, uh, shout out to Brent Selleck. We will always love you. Here in Philadelphia, you are a legend, a hero forever. Uh, real quick, uh, before we we kind of get out of here and also touch on one more thing, uh, what do you guys? What what's next? Uh, let's start with you, John. Let's go back to you here. It, what's coming next? Because we've already. I, I thought it was going to be a quiet off season. I was like, oh, you know, they're just going to kind of you know twenty and twenty two starters coming back. Maybe a, a, a little move here, cut some cap here, but but no. It comes out of the gate and the Eagles with the first big move of of kind of that leaked with the Bennett uh, trade and then just move after move after move so far. Uh, John, what do you think is coming next down the road? Uh, we touched on it a little bit already, but I think I think Kendricks gets traded before Vinny uh, because they can just cut Vinny. Uh, and it's interesting that when we keep talking about uh, Kendricks, you know, he, <laughs> I mean, he requested a trade all by himself in January, which is a thing that. I keep uh, always forgetting about it. It's just like, oh, yeah, he wanted to be out of here, too. Uh, and I- even if it was Chip or now it's Doug and it's Howie and they're all still all together, San Francisco is still the hottest spot for that, and that makes a lot of sense uh, for them. They have some draft capital. I'm I'm really curious on what that ends up being, again, because you know we uh, we got through talking about uh, Anthony Hitchens and, and Nigel Bradham and what, the, what their contracts gave. So if somebody needs a, a weak side, 
you know, game playing linebacker. And it looks like the 49ers are kind of that team that is going like, yeah, we're going to we're going to piece this together. Jimmy G's our guy. Uh, and and we're going to roll here. They're kind of I, I wouldn't say going for it, but they're, obviously they're going to uh, try and become a, a contender and a playoff team and all that fun stuff. So I think it's Kendricks. I think he he moves on first. And uh, since BLG graded and, and James did a little grading, I think we should all finish with our grades just to just to be clear. So I'm going to start with the most recent move. I think Nigel Bradham, that's a that is a B plus move for me. It's an obvious need that you uh, had to bring him back there. Essentially, I didn't think it was going to be done. Um, the, the number's a little high, but uh, who cares? Uh, he's going to be a, a lifelong eagle now uh, for the rest of his career. The Bennett trade gets an A++++++ for me. That is uh, James' favorite expression. That is a market <laughs> inefficiency, <laughs> and you took care of it. The Worley trade also gets an A++ for me. You get a something and relieve $4.3 million of, of cap room. Uh, Corey Nelson uh, is an incomplete because... I, I if I t- if you ask me what what's the best thing about Corey Nelson's game I couldn't give it to you right now but um, we'll have to uh, wait and see with the rest here what's next for you BLG for me I think it comes down to trying to really get another tight end I mean they, they literally have no players returning from the 53 man roster behind Zach Ertz it's like Zach Ertz and Tumbleweeds I know Billy Brown's still around I'm kind of interested to see what he can do in his second offseason but by no means is he a sure bet so we'll see what happens there I would love for the Eagles to bring in Martellus Bennett I think he really fits what this team needs because not only does he give you uh, some more depth and you know a kind of extra weapon there in the offense as a receiver but I think he's also a really good blocking tight end so I think that's what the Eagles kind of do at this point. Even if it's not an exciting signing, it could just be like one of these veteran blocking tight ends. They they kind of got to get that guy uh, to bring in here. And uh, something we didn't talk about, but I think is going to happen, and I don't think John's going to like it, and I don't know where James is at it, but I think Jeremy Macklin could be back in Philadelphia. I agree with you, BLG. Yeah. I, and, I, I, and, and I think yeah. it makes sense. I'm with yeah. you. So you I, hate a, it. A chief you contract, I don't hate, I don't hate it. It's a one-year deal. It's fine. Well, like, yeah, it's it would be a one-year deal. It wouldn't be much money. I'm with you, BLG. I think that move makes a ton of sense, and I really could see it happening. I know who was it, John Clark put out there that, that uh, a source said – that uh, Macklin would be very open to returning to Philly, which I don't think we needed a source to tell us that. But yeah, he came to the yeah exactly uh, the playoff game. exactly. So uh, I would be I would be I would be great with that. Uh, John, not so much for you. I just I want the clock to start on Mac Collins. You know, uh, oh, after oh, we, oh, I think we all do. We I, I love yeah. Mac Collins. Yeah, I, I I mean, and just like I don't know, I've never liked the idea of former Eagles. Just yeah, I'm gonna come on back. I'm still uh, I'm, yeah, well, it's if true. they want to still... come get a ring here that's fair come on John open up your heart didn't well, you listen I'll, to Jeffrey Lurie I, I listen I love Jeremy Macklin the person I think he's a great guy yeah. I'm still scorned by the well they just don't like me that much in Philadelphia and my dad's defending me so I'm going to go sign with the Chiefs and I like I was like oh come on man just you went there for the money it's fine it's fine uh but yeah fine all right you know whatever this is Jeremy Macklin yeha rule about by the time he gets signed in the worth 3 weeks and I'll be going yay Jeremy Macklin I'll wear my old jersey there yeah How about and again that? again I love it and again we're talking uh, uh you know not a a major you know big move at this point Macklin more of a name than No we already a... talked about the nada move Hey all right we got to end after that real quick uh, uh you like the real quick uh Kirk coupons to Minnesota first oh, and foremost give me the effect but most importantly uh, 
can we call him Kirk Coupons anymore? He's the richest guy on the planet now. Like, what do we do? He's not a discount. Like, Kirk Coupons is no longer a discount. He is a massive overpay. What do you guys think of this move? Yeah, he's Kirk Costco, right? Like, I think that's <laughs> the next move. Like, he's bulky and how uh, dare you besmirch Costco? Like, well, let's. What's the? Because uh, um, it just doesn't have the same kind of flow. So I was thinking like. Kirk Sam's Club, but that doesn't really work because that's the because who goes to those anymore or Kirk Walmart? I don't know, like something that's big and conglomerate and just you need something that's with money. overpriced, something that is just way way higher priced than it should be in any reasonable type of world or place. Caviar, <laughs> like, Kirk Caviar. There we go. Oh, yes, see, Kirk Caviar. That was terrific work, Kirk Caviar. Done. Can I just say the only thing I'm concerned about with the Cousins thing is that I said I was going to eat three fart-laced large spoonfuls of mayonnaise <laughs> because Danny Cannell said he was going to turn into Drew Brees next and they just need somebody to believe in him. And I, I'm, I'm not a Cousins believer, but I'm definitely like a, a big-time DeFilippo believer running an offense with him in it and the weapons that they have there. So I am not looking forward to maybe having to pay that bet, but... I don't think it happens because he's not that good and he'll fuck it up somehow. Okay, bye. Yeah, and they again, they're using so much money to bring him in there. It is definitely going to be a, a, an issue for the rest of that roster coming up soon. BLG, your thoughts on the cousin signing? Or excuse is- me, the caviar signing? <laughs> this is a guy who is 26-30-1 as a starter. He is 4-19 in games against teams that end the season with nine plus wins and now look people are going to be like oh you're just doing quarterback wins which is stupid i mean yes that is stupid a little bit and part of it is trolling so obviously that's part of my bit here but i mean come on guys like this is this is the guy who is the highest paid player like the the unprecedented fully guaranteed quarterback like this is the guy (laughs) this is the guy now I get, you know, it's part of what the market dictates and it's a unique situation, but it's just it's still at least a little bit ridiculous just when you look a lot at of the bit ridiculous you is fine. oversimplify it and you just be like this is the guy who is making this money. Look, I, you know, I I think I I hate to get caught up on this because I think it gets overused when it comes to guys who aren't clutch or, you know, don't win big games cuz that's just a, a lot of that's very anecdotal. And it doesn't always bear out, and it kind of just gets thrown around. But I mean, it's true with Kirk Cousins. Like, when has that guy ever like stepped up and won a really big game? I can clearly think of games where he's been in, and he hasn't done that. Like the only time they got to the playoffs, or the time uh, it was, I think it was back in 2016, where the Giants had nothing to play for at the end of the season, and I think they were playing some of their backups. And the Redskins needed to win that game. And Kirk Cousins has, like, a terrible game. Like, that's the guy you're getting with him. And I know people are like, oh, well, he's done well against the Eagles. Well, not last year because the Eagles beat him twice. So, Kirk Cousins, you can go to Minnesota. You can come to Philadelphia for the opening night. And how great would that be for not only Vikings fans to lose in the NFC Championship game, get blown out, have to see the Eagles win a Super Bowl in their home stadium, but then have to open the state, have to have to open their 2018 season on a national stage, watching the Philadelphia Eagles raise a Super Bowl banner that was won in their building. It's what they deserve, 
Suck and get beat it. by a guy making $7 million. <laughs> Boom. Suck it. It's so funny. Uh, never before in my life has my opinion of a place and its people changed overnight the way I thought Minnesota was the nicest place in the world. There are a bunch of fucking assholes out there, all right? So, yeah, stop being whiny babies and all that stuff. And sorry, you're going to have to watch Kirk Caviar come into the Lincoln while the, uh, the Bears uh, bring race. Also, James, real quick on that point. They are the worst insulters on the planet. Oh, like it's, it's great. Just, it's ratatouille. It's ratatouille <laughs> insults, and that's it. Well, those those gutter rats. And so, like Philadelphia's <laughs> fan base is not nice. Yeah, yeah, they're a bunch of Jiminy Crickets. Let me tell you, I won't stand for it. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right, Barchard, Final thought. Um, I am so excited to see what happens this season. Like it is. So much fun. This defensive line is going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> like, I, I can't get that out of my head. Um, I think uh, Martellus Bennett is going to be here uh, and get the Bennett brothers together, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and just real quickly, Frank Gore close to a deal with the Lions. Garrett Blunt went and said hello to them. Uh, so it looks like, I don't know, unless they're unless they're going big, big hosses in Detroit. Uh, Garrett Blunt coming back to Philadelphia? We'll have to see. I don't know. Just make sure Frank Gore actually signs the contract before you report it. BLG, final thoughts. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of housekeeping stuff here. Obviously, we appreciate you if you showed up to the Birdstown Hall. It was a great time, even though I guess we got a lot of crap for John doing the intro. Uh, More so John getting the crap. Yeah, we we didn't get any crap. It's just John. Uh, Yeah, I didn't get any crap, so that's fine. (laughs) No, uh, if John gets crap, we all get crap. Marks, we're coming (laughs) for you. Yeah. Yeah. True, everyone fair do, enough. Oh, everyone that's why get, I brought it up. Start doing um, up downs right now. That's right. That's <laughs> well, right. I am actually. That's how I podcast. So, um, if I could do an up down, I would. All right. So. <laughs> listen to BGN Radio. Obviously, this Saturday again. I imagine it's it's, it's it's so it's me, James, and Trey Thomas. I believe you know at the at the usual semi usual, but it's not three. It's like yeah. four, like four. So listen to that. Obviously, Whenever and and. Pizza party. I mean, we, we got to, we're doing a, a steady job. I've seen some of these numbers increase. We're doing pretty good on the rating and the, in the terms of like the five star ratings, which are, you just have to click the stars. We're doing great with that, but we need some more reviews. So we got to get some more reviews going in here. Uh, that would be really good to get to a thousand in both of those categories to get that pizza party. And the final thing, a little, a little bit of a, you know, homage to Rob has a podcast for all our survivor fans out there. The hashtag, for this episode, I'm making a hashtag. Oh, do, you know, do you guys know what it is? I mean, can you guess it? Ooh. Is it hashtag everybody dies? I think it has to be hashtag Kurt Caviar. Yes! Oh, it yes! Hashtag. Of it does. And shout out to Rob as a podcast. Totally with you. I think that is a great, great idea. Kurt Caviar is the hashtag for this episode. And and I'll just echo uh, what you guys mentioned with the, uh, the Birdstown Hall thing. I, you know, controversy aside... Uh, it was very cool to be able to be a part of that and be a part of that whole, you know, the whole radio station together. And and, and we get our, our, our own hour. Uh, so shout out to Spike asking for that. That was very cool to to have us be a part of that. Um, I, I know we all had a lot of fun and uh, I, I'm happy that it's starting a rivalry because, you know, what? come for us, Marks. We're not scared of you. Let's go. All right. You don't mess with John Barger. Rated 
the slot on Saturdays. That's exactly right. All right, you might be you know winning in the afternoons during the week. Whatever. We're killing on Saturdays. All right. Uh, no, seriously, we love all those people. It's all in good fun, except when uh, when it's not, which uh, which hopefully it's not. So uh, <laughs> except for when it's not. Yeah. So no, for real, we love those guys. Uh, and again, thank you to everyone who came out. Casey Young, everyone else we saw down there was super cool. Todd. And Todd, yeah, I miss Todd. Todd texts me. He said, I miss you. I'm with BLG. Uh, I was like, I, did he show you what I texted BLG? I sent back and said, oh, it's okay. BLG's the best one of us anyway. See you lucked out. Aw, so, I didn't see that. It's very true. It's just the truth. So, um, so, uh, and my good friend Phil from Horsham. What's yeah, up, Yeah, Phil, Phil, and uh, everyone else who came out. So uh, we really, really appreciate it. And uh, more stuff coming again, like BLG said, we'll be on Saturday, three thirty to six, and uh, maybe a uh, aforementioned uh, little, maybe a little Survivor Easter egg at the end of that pod. Uh, not on the radio, but we'll add it in. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That'll uh, Spike Gaskin will take back all the good things he said after we do that. But uh, again, uh, thank you to everyone who came out, to everyone who listened, and um, uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys. Uh, for John Barchard, for Brandon Lee Gouton, this has been I now know episode number three hundred and six of BGN Radio. time guys we weren't even doing it. And then we're like you know what fuck it let's do an easter egg so uh we have uh, very serious deliberations we were going back and forth yelling at each other about what the topic was going to be uh we've come to decide on something incredibly important that this world yeah. needs to know about blg let everyone know what this easter egg is about yeah and shout out to obviously football kelly who brought this topic up in a question and answer i did on twitter she uh-huh. asked me Pancakes or waffles? Ooh, what do you think? I mean, it, I mean it's, it, it's cl- I mean, if anyone on this planet thinks that pancakes are better than waffles, there's the fucking door. It's a, it's an abomination if you even think that's in the close vicinity of pancakes. And I know, John, hey, man, it's pretty much the same thing. Here's what I'm going to say. No, it's not. And there's a lot of technique that goes into waffles because you're probably not using the egg whites and fluffing them up and putting them in there. And, you know, the all waffle iron. There's all sorts of different things that you can do with them in the syrup and the butter and everything just kind of feels uh, in the little uh, pockets together. Pancakes are just, I mean, you just, it's flat. It's wow. even. It's it, it's fine. It just fills you up. I'm, there's no, wow. there is no zero nuance to pancakes whatsoever. Wow. BLG, what are your yeah. thoughts here? I thought John was going to take pancakes. I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I'm taking waffles here. I like pancakes. You're both, you're wrong. both wrong, like so that's okay. But go ahead. But I feel like waffles, just they're so much more versatile. Like I can have – there's a place in Yardley, Pennsylvania called The Vault, and they make this awesome waffle grilled cheese sandwich. It is like legitimately one of the best sandwiches I've had. It's it, like it's, it's up there with the Woodrow's cheesesteak. It is that good. You can make – so you can kind of like make – like lunch kind of like you, waffles. There's so many options. I feel like you get a good Belgian waffle. There's just there's a lot of options with 
waffles. I have to go with the versatility. Again, I like pancakes, and I love breakfast food as a whole. So if you're giving me pancakes and you're not giving me waffles, I'm going to be just fine. But I'm taking team waffle on this one. I'm with John. Yeah, I'm not waffling about you're, this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That was not a good joke. Uh, that um, mm, Nice. I, I'm, thank you. Uh, I'm with you. I'm going some sort of omelet, huevos, rancheros, blah, 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 something like that before I'm ever getting yeah. either of these things to begin with. But fuck it. I'll stand for pancakes. Pancakes are better than waffles. <laughs> waffles are like these kind of like hard edge type of thing. Pop, pop, pancakes, pancakes melt in your mouth. It is like this beautiful sweet yumminess that put you put in your mouth and it melts in there i can't even do it i don't care now fuck both these foods they're fine they're fine <laughs> give me huevos rancheros give me a great eggs benedict yeah. give me something with some substance again let thank god my wife emily does not listen to this because no joke pancakes are her favorite food on the planet like her really? last meal would be pancakes so i might have to get her on here sometime to argue with you john since you feel so strongly about this yeah well i mean um okay uh like if she I, wants I, like to be she wrong will, in her death she that's will fine, go but... she will go hard at you she will not take this lightly this will not will not be taken lightly so uh, at the end of the day, and I'm kind of with James more or less, because like, why would you waste your time with either one of them when there's so much? <laughs> I mean, with all three of us. Uh, but uh, good thing we decided day, to argue about it. Yeah, it's 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 waffles, uh, and and if it's if it's not that, then it's everything else because everything else is better anyway. Agree okay, with bye. that. The oh yeah, exactly. The only place that waffles are better, Waffle House over IHOP. That's it. Otherwise, very it's true. Thank you, James. We can all agree. All right, we're out. Noom.